everybody, you're listening to Sit Down Stand-Ups. I'm Ari Azizian, and my guest this week is the very funny Kate Quigley. Kate is a great comic, and you can catch her at all the major clubs out here in Los Angeles. She hosts a very funny TV show called Undercover on Playboy TV. I just saw a few episodes, and it was hilarious. I'm going to watch it all the way through. She's also been on the Megan Mullally Show, talk show with Spike Ferriston, and she's going to be hosting the 2016 AVN Awards this March on Showtime. She also has a great podcast called Hashtag Date Fails that you can listen to on iTunes, and it's super funny. Definitely check it out. And be sure to follow her on Twitter at KateQFunny, and check out her website, KateQuigley.com, to see when she'll be performing at a comedy club near you. All right, folks, here's my talk with the very funny Kate Quigley. You're from Ohio? I am from Canton. Have you heard of it? Canton? No. It's uh well the Pro Football Hall of Fame is there, so that's what it's famous oh, okay. for and the Hall of Fame games. I've actually never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, but I have been to the game and I have been in the parade. There's a parade every year. When I was a kid, that was like a big deal to like be in the parade. Yeah. So I actually became a baton twirler just so that really? I could like twirl baton in the parade. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It was a very exciting time for me, the Hall of Fame parade. So football is like a huge deal in Canton. Oh, it's nice. huge, yeah. which is actually funny because I like football. Like I do like watching football, but I don't know the players. Like I know the players I want to sleep with basically. <laughs> like those are the players I know. I'm like, I don't know his name, but he has the best ass. Right. Like that's so, uh, I actually what I used to do it. I don't do it much anymore. A bit on stage about how I won a fantasy football league and I picked all my players based on looks. And that's a true story. <laughs> Like my brother was like, be in the league. And I was like, I don't know any of the players. And he's like, just guess. So I was like, all right. So I Googled them all and I looked at their photos. Pick the hottest I picked guys. the hottest guys. <laughs> my thinking was if they're really hot, they're probably good athletes. That was like my whole, whole line thing? of thinking. What's that? You won the whole thing? I won the whole league. <laughs> I won the whole league. And then like the next year, my brother was like, yeah, that wasn't really cool. There's like people racking their brain for hours trying to pick the first Totally. <laughs> they're like going through the stats on Yahoo and right. shit. I'm just like, yeah, that guy's getting fat. He's off the team. Like, that was. <laughs> That was it. That's actually pretty logical. Once Thank he's getting you. fat, maybe he's not, you know, yeah, putting I mean, in the time. Right. He's not right? putting in those gym hours. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, no, I like sports. I like to play sports a lot. I play okay, a lot cool. Yeah. yeah. What Did, did stand up like, was that something sort of always on your mind or was it sports first or like theater? Or? Oh, well, I mean, I always loved watching stand up. Yeah. I can remember watching Evening at the Improv when I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, were there any guys that stuck out in mind or any comics? Yeah, is that, that you you're remember, saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved Joan Rivers, actually, even oh, yeah. as a kid. Is I, she on Evening at the Improv? Too? No, no, no. But I just remember watching her special with my mom, actually. And I remember watching her on was it The Tonight Show, I think. Uh, that she, she had was a talk a ho- show, too. Like, yeah. Around that time, I think. I think that that was a little before my time when she actually had her own talk oh, show. Yeah. But uh, and I loved Kathy Griffin, actually, which is funny because I don't do any really um, topical or like pop culture humor. But like Kathy Griffin's older stuff, I remember watching it and just thinking she was like amazing. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I always was interested in it, but it wasn't like it wasn't like I want to be a comic when I grew up. I always wanted to be on TV. I always wanted to be in a sitcom when I grew up. I mean, I still think to myself like, oh, I would love to do a sitcom. But then I also love hosting and I love doing sketch. And like there's it's 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 funny because that's the one thing I struggle with is like I have so many ideas and avenues and directions I want to go in. that Sometimes I struggle with like 
what is the one I should be most focused on right now? Right, yeah. The stand-up comes the most natural to me. Like, I just, once I started doing it, I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Totally. Like, it's just, I'm the most passionate about it. Because you know when you find something you're passionate about, it's the best. You know, I remember um, I used to be married to a musician. And he was so passionate about music that he would stay up all night writing music. Then he'd be up at 5 a.m., uh, like like recording wow. Like he yeah. would wake me up And I'd be like Why are you awake He's like I was inspired To write this song And I was like I will never feel that way About anything I, <laughs> like, I was like You'll never see me up At 5am Like I was inspired To do anything But then I started Doing stand up And it does happen Like I'll wake up At 6 in the morning With a joke idea And be like Fuck I want to go back to sleep But I gotta write this joke down Right yeah Yeah so now I get <laughs> the it The joke will wake you up yeah, yeah totally That's the best feeling Honestly Once you find like I feel like it happens like the first for me it was like the first time we went on stage and you're just like oh all right this is the greatest thing Gonna yeah like pursue this full force was it like that for you the first time you're on stage the or? first time i did stand up definitely was like hooked yeah but the thing is that i took the easy way of doing it which is i took a course i took a class wait which class did you take? i took jody miller's comedy okay, class, cool. which is interesting because that was 10 years ago and yep. jody and i are are now like very very good friends she's hilarious yeah. um she is hilarious but i took her class and so because i wanted to do stand up but I just didn't know where to even start with like I'd never really written before and I was just like how do you even formate like formulate a joke and so I took her class and her class made it so easy I mean basically the first day of class and I tell people to do this you just would get up on stage and Jody would be like just talk for 15 minutes about what's happening in your life what you love about your life what you hate about your life what you drives you crazy about your family just talk and so you would do that you talk for like 15 or 20 minutes and then people would laugh at things, you know, the class, because there's shit in everyone's life that if you start complaining, if you get up on stage and you're like, here's why my family is fucked up and right. you just start going, people will laugh, yeah. you know? So that's what, what she would do. And then um, you'd record that and then you'd come off and you'd kind of listen to it and she'd be like, see, people are laughing in here. So let's work on material from here. Yeah. yeah. And so I did that. Her class was six weeks long. And then at the end, there was a show. And the show goes good. Well, the show went great, but it's going to go great because it's like all your friends. So you're like, I'm doing stand up for the first time. Everybody comes because they're not sick of your fucking jokes yet. <laughs> right, yeah. Like now, 10 years later, my friends are like, Kate, leave us the fuck alone. We don't want to come <laughs> to your show. But um, so that's how that's how it started for me. So, yeah, I mean, I was hooked right away because, of course, you feel like a superstar when your first you show crush, is like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But then, I mean, you know, I, everybody I took Sandy Shores class. Oh, you I was did? so afraid of the comedy store. Just like an irrational fear about it. I was like, I just want to go and just be in the belly room when there's nobody else there. Hilarious. Yeah. That's not totally irrational. I know a major headliner who does, told me, he goes, I don't like to go up at the comedy store. It's too intimidating. I just don't do it. It's, yeah. It doesn't there's play. something about it. I love it, but I'm also like equally as intimidated by it too. I mean, the comedy store is an intimidating place. The first time I ever did a show at the comedy store, it was a bringer show. When, if anyone listening to this doesn't know what that is, that means basically like you only get stage time if your friends show up. So basically you're like forced to bring people to the show. And um, I was in the main room and I was backstage and I was waiting to go up. And um, there was a guy in the bathroom because in the green room at the comedy store, there's a bathroom in the green room and it's really weird because there's really no lock on it or anything. So literally like someone's peeing and the only thing between you and them is just a little, is an unlocked right. door. So anyway, there's a guy peeing and then I can hear him kind of doing vocal exercises while he's peeing like, <laughs> like 
like clearing his throat. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, who is in there? And then he comes out and it's Michael Richards. Oh my God. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like this brand new comic, you know, I'm like right. 24, like new to LA. And I'm, I'm like, holy shit. And he comes out and he's just like, Hey, 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 Hey. And he walks by me and he goes up and he goes up like right before me. So like my first ever show at the comedy store, I had to follow him. Yeah. (laughs) But he didn't crush. He did fine though. I heard he was kind of like a so-so stand-up. Because he's a great, brilliant comedic actor. Yeah. You try to do that kind of stuff on stage. I've only ever seen him that one time. Mm -hmm. So I can't really say for sure. And who knows what, if he was working on like new jokes or I don't know what his, his story is with stand-up, but he was fine. He did yeah. well, but like, thank God he didn't crush because I had to go after him. And I was like, <laughs> I was just praying in my mind. I was like, Oh God, this could go really fucking awful, <laughs> but it was fine. It went fine. But since then I followed, you know, that's what happens when you do stand up in LA, which is crazy is no matter what level you're at, somebody can always pop into a show who's huge yeah. and go up before you. Like the first year I did comedy, I think I went up after Pauly Shore. I went up after Dave Attell one wow. time and you just, you know, it's it's great. That's the great thing about starting stand up in LA. It's like it's like playing NBA. It's like playing basketball against the NBA player. You know right. what I mean? It's yeah. like you have to you have to get better. So yeah, I like I started a little bit in college in San Francisco, and then but mostly like down here. And I wanted to ask you like what it was like starting in Los Angeles because people always say you should start in a smaller town and then come here. But like you said, you're playing with the pros, so you're going to get good. People say you should start in a smaller town and then come here. But I think the people who say that are people who are in small towns. Mm -hmm. Because no one I know would leave L.A. Here's the good benefit. is if you're in a place like San Diego is a great comedy town because there's a lot of stage time. So you can get up a lot. um, But if you're in a town where there's not as much stage time, because the key to stand-up is getting up. Mm-hmm. that's the key that's it that's yeah. all it is you know the more you get up the better you get people that give up before they spend enough time on stage are the ones that don't make it and and if you put in the hours you get funnier and i'm not saying anyone can do it but i mean like my first the first year i took it seriously i got up on stage like two or three times a night every night like wow, yeah. like six nights a week i mean you have to yeah because if you don't there's people that are and they'll just pass you by you yeah. know but I think LA is great or New York is great because we have the chance to do that here. There's so much stage time here and you can find it even if it's open mics, you know? And, uh, yeah, who doesn't want to, you can go watch any night of the week, walk into the comedy store and watch these, you know, killer comedians. And that's a great way to learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, what's crazy about LA is you'll go to the improv, you know, on a Wednesday night when it's like, Dane Cook, Chris D'Elia, Bobby Lee, Bill Burr, and the place is only half full because people in L.A. are like, yep, there's so many famous comics here that we've seen them. So you take it for granted. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's insane. But that's awesome, though. So starting in L.A. wasn't like really like uh, was it difficult at first or did you kind of just realize that you just had to hit the ground running like right away? Well, I mean, listen, I'm a girl, so Mm. it's very different for girls. Because uh, people say, you know, oh, if you're like a cute girl, people just give you stage time because they want to bang you, whatever. Like, I've heard that a million times. There's some truth to that. 
honestly, like if you're a girl, there's not as many of us. Mm. So we have a slight advantage, which is every show is like, we need a girl on the lineup. So then I think you have a little bit easier of a time at the beginning getting stage time. However, you also have this bigger wall in front of you to climb, which is like, everybody's like, girls aren't as funny or you're only getting shows because you're cute. So then you have more to prove, I think. Yeah. So for me, especially because I used to be like a Miller Lite girl and a Jack Daniels oh, girl. Cool. Yeah. And I had this whole like, you know, like this whole thing going on where it was like, I'm still doing like the paid to be a hot chick thing, but also to being a comedian. I felt like I had to even more like prove that I was funny. So yeah. I felt like on a mission, I was like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going <laughs> to prove that I can be funny. And, and that was like, all I cared about was like getting funnier. I still, all I care about, it's not like, an, I'm a, it's not like I'm some amazing comedian. Do you know why that is though? Mm. Why that like stigma is that the, there's not enough female comics or like why? Well, there aren't as many. That's all. It's just, there's so many more men in comedy than women i mean the truth is it's a hard business and it's a boys club and you got to be a tough you got to be a tough chick to be able to deal with i think a lot of what comes with doing comedy you know you got you got really not all the time i want to be careful how i say this you've got like a lot of guys hitting on you all the time you've got uh, people talking shit about each other, men and women, you know, and also like if you're a very sensitive person, it's it's not easy because there's a lot of nights that you eat a bag of dicks on stage and right. you just, you know what I mean? And then there's, so I just think that you have to have a really strong backbone. You have to be able to laugh at yourself and take a joke well. And there are women that can do that. There's just, I feel like there's not as many women that can do that maybe as men and that's why there's less women but the, the but the girls who are in comedy are amazing like look at you know right, that's what i was gonna say i was like i can think of so many like great hilarious female comedians, female comedians. there are there's and just, i wonder why yeah. but that, now that you kind of bring it to my attention it's like kind of the culture of it i guess it's what happens it's a numbers game stage, too maybe. you know it's a total numbers game it's like if there's 20 dudes in in a room and three girls odds are that you know maybe two people will be hilarious in the whole room so then what are the odds that one of those two people will be the girl out of the? That's you know what too. i mean it's yeah. just numbers i think well so you wanted to do a sitcom too was it what was like your favorite sitcom when you were growing up well like okay so i watched a lot of nick at night and i liked really old shows really yeah. i love like the dick van dyke show and the donna Amazing. reed show yeah. yeah which aren't really i don't know i like, just started watching new heart on Hulu. Shut up. I Amazing. used to watch Newhart all the time. Great show. Me too. Um, but the show that, and I love Cheers. I love Taxi. Yep. The show that really made me want to get into acting on a sitcom, this is embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. Was. Brady Bunch. <laughs> uh, no, it was Home Improvement. No way. And the reason was because at the end of that show, they showed the bloopers. The outtakes. Oh, yeah, they right, always yeah. showed the outtakes. And I remember watching that show and being like, that looks so fun. That's what I want to do. But I also watched um, Double Dare and all these Nickelodeon shows. Yeah. Like, you can't do that on television and Slime all that. Or whatever, all that. Yeah. yeah, and all those shows when I was a kid, I wanted to be on. I wanted to right? be on all yeah, those <laughs> shows. What was the, it was the t t Hidden Temple? Yeah, like, oh yeah, the Hidden Temple or Temple, something like temple that, yeah. yeah. I don't know. What I watched all that stuff, so. I feel like that's the coolest job, like, besides for me in comic. Like, I was like, Drew Carey, he's got it made. Just go do The prices Right Host a couple a days show. a week. Yeah. 
Hosting a show is great. I host a show on the Playboy channel, although my show is a little more invasive because I actually like travel and like get my hands dirty. What's the show called? It's called Undercover. Undercover. Okay. Yeah, it's on Playboy TV. The first season just ended, and it's basically like, you know Mike Rose show, Dirty Jobs? Have yeah, you ever yeah. seen it? Great show. I, okay, it's like Dirty Jobs, mm. except I go and meet people that are into like weird sex stuff. All <laughs> kinds of weird sex fetishes. And then I'm like Mike Rowe. I literally am like, oh, you're into like having sex with balloons? How does that work? Let me play with some balloons and see if I feel anything stimulated. Like, is I that ca- called something? Does that have a name? Looning. Looning. <laughs> <laughs> Looning is very popular. Um, really? Yeah. Hilarious. What's yeah. the like, weirdest one that you've seen besides looning? Obviously? I talked a lot about pony play because I thought that was so bizarre. Um, is that even safe to talk about? Yeah, like, pony play. It's not anything to do with actual horses. It's people that dress up as like My Little Ponies. <laughs> they really dress up as ponies and they just like, that's their thing. They're into that's being so ponies. Um, but I feel like I've talked about that one so much that it's like. And that's like a sexual fetish for like. It turns a them lot on. Yeah. That's so funny. There's like a butt plug that's like the horse tail. <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird talking about this now because like, here's the thing. I am, okay, I'm not a prude. Like I'm totally like a freak. I'm a freak when it comes to sex. (laughs) Yes, but I am a little bit prudish in the sense that like I was married for 10 years. I'm a little sheltered. I'm from the Midwest. I don't hook up a lot. I still have those like core Midwestern values, which are like, uh, I have to like a guy. Like occasionally I'll hook up with someone I... I'm not really like dating and I always still feel like we are doing that. Like this isn't how you're supposed to do it. So me hosting the show is interesting because I am a fish out of water, which is what makes it funny, you know? So, but it's a hilarious uh, show. I got to watch that. It's very funny. Yeah. You can watch it on playboytv.com for like a dollar, I think. Um, but, but I always like, I like hosting stuff that's interactive that way because I want to be a part of it as opposed to just being like the person, you know, reading a cue card. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the coolest job, like that dirty work job and like all of uh, Anthony Bourdain's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they told me when they, when I came in for my show, they were like, have you seen Anthony Bourdain's show? We want you to be like the Anthony Bourdain of sex. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, am I involved in casting? Can I help pick the men? Send me photos. Um, and that didn't happen. So. <laughs> yeah. And you just said you did the AVN Awards too? You hosted that? Well, I'm hosting them. Oh, you're hosting coming them. Coming up. Okay. It's coming up. It hasn't shot yet. Uh, so I just, it was just announced that I'm going to host it. And it shoots in Vegas, January 23rd. Oh, wow, that's exciting. I'm so excited. Yeah. So just last night, I started running the jokes. So that's... That's where I'm at right now. So what's today? December uh, 15th. And last night I started running the jokes. So there's the process. I got to do six minutes of jokes up at the top of the show um, and then a bunch of like sketches and stuff. So um, so I wrote like maybe 10 minutes worth of jokes yeah. that I have right now. And I'm just trying to whittle it down and figure it out. And last night I did them on stage for the first time. It was really fun. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the thing about comedy is like, it's like, cause I was telling this guy, I was talking to this guy before you came over and I was like, um, telling him that I did these jokes last night. And he was like, tell me some, I'm like, well, I don't have them memorized yet. And he's like, well, how'd you do them on stage? I was like, I read them. It's like you read them off a piece of paper. And I was like, well, I didn't read the whole joke. I like looked at what was this one? Oh yeah. And then did it. And it's like, that's the thing that I think, 
is cool about comedy is it's such a process. It's totally. like, you yeah. know, I'm going to spend a month trying to get these jokes to be right yeah. to air one time on TV and then Most disappear. people are still like, there's so much like mystique or whatever about stand-up. They, people still think like that you're just making it up as you go. And I'm like, there's so much time right? that's going along with it. Like They don't know. I was in an Uber one night. Like, how do they not know yet? I know. I know. I was in an Uber one night and my driver um, was like, so we were talking about comedy and he's like, my favorite comedian is Chris D'Elia mm-hmm. um, because he just makes everything up as he goes. He's the hardest working dude. <laughs> like He goes, he just makes everything up as he goes. Right, yeah. And I go to this Uber driver. I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I go, I mean, it seems that way. And this guy was like, no, I know he does because I've seen him twice <laughs> at the Laugh Factory and he didn't do the same jokes. And I was like, well, yeah, because he has a lot of material. But yeah. I go, I mean, Chris, like... He works out his jokes like everybody. It's not made up all the time. And this guy is like convinced that like, he's like, no, I'm telling you, he just made it up. I'm like, it's, all it's right. Like, it's kind of nerve wracking <laughs> that they don't know yet, but it's also like a huge compliment to think that you're making it up. It's on a the huge spot. compliment. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been doing stand up? Well, I started in 06, but I don't say 10 years at all or nine or whatever that is because um, I did it for about two years and then I booked a gig where I was emceeing events. So I used to work with like Sports Illustrated and NASCAR and I would travel around and and emcee events on a stage with an audience, but not telling jokes. You know what I mean? It was like playing games with people and interviewing people. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, so I spent three years doing that, and even though I wasn't telling jokes, I feel like that's where I kind of got my stand-up legs, because I got used to being on stage and on a microphone, and then I came back to LA, and I started doing stand-up again about three, three and a half years ago, so I mean, it's been probably around like five years total. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's like... That's to me. That's like I feel like it's such a short time, and you're so like great. Like, oh, like, that's, that's sweet. Thank really you. Really incredible. Yeah, I feel like it's a short time too. But you know, I really, really spent a couple years getting on stage every night. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate that that time I spent on the road, I saved money. So when I came back to LA, look, if you want to make it in LA, the best advice I can give to anyone is like take a year, save as much money as you can, live somewhere that costs that rent is $5 a month or something, whatever you have to do, save as much money as you can and then come here so that you don't have to work for the first year. Because I literally spent a year doing nothing but focusing on my career, doing stand-up, going on auditions, shooting stuff, making vines, making sketches. Mm. And in that one year, I feel like I accomplished what it takes a lot of people a few years to accomplish because I had the money. Yeah. If I had been working a day job, there's no way I'd have been on stage every night, three times a night. You know what I mean? Like, I right. just couldn't have done it. So I just think that, I mean, not everyone has the opportunity to do that. But if you can, I almost think it's a better use of time to take a year away, save money. Totally. And then give yourself that. Yeah. It's kind of like how bad you want it, too. Like, I feel like some people. True. Like, some nights when I'm driving from the store, I'm like, I'm just going to sleep in my car. Like, it's. It would be so much easier to just stay there. Right. And just wake up the next yeah. day. Yeah. I well, never do it, but I always like fantasize. I'm like, I'm just going to park on that street. Who's going to say anything? Like, <laughs> totally. I mean, also, you got to treat it like a job, which is right. like, that's a hard thing for comics to do because comics like to party because, you know, we come off stage. If you have a great set, you're in a great mood. You want to celebrate. You want to drink. And then it's like, and, and 
for me, I mean, I did that for a while and then I just realized like, shit, I got to treat this like a job. So I got to be up in the morning and like, I work out every morning, which is like a lot, you know, you don't have to do that. But for me, it's like getting everything right, like body, right, like healthy, like you're in a good state to write and work and creatively I feel more inspired when I'm healthy and like so I sound like such a loser but I remember reading an article with Kevin Hart a few years ago and Kevin Hart was talking about just how he's like you know so much of my career is about taking care of myself he's like you know you gotta like take care of your yourself and your mind if you want to be able to to do what we do because it's like a long it's an endurance run you know what I mean it's not a sprint yeah so I don't know I feel like that's such a misconception. I mean, I know comics like to party, but everybody always thinks that, you know, they're out all night and like having fun. I'm like, these guys like will write all day. They like are performing all night. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of comics party all the time, but like, here's a great example. I have a buddy who's hilarious. One of the funniest comics I've ever seen. He's been doing comedy for like 15 years or something. He should be famous. He's amazing, Mm -hmm. but he parties a lot. And if you party a lot all the time, you just can't, you can't party all the time and have a career in Hollywood because comics don't make any money. Comics make only famous comics make money. (laughs) Do you know how much money comics make? It's crazy. You do. I mean, I almost don't want to, it's almost like I feel weird even saying it, but I mean like to host a show in Vegas, it's like 50 bucks a show. You're there for a week hosting a show. You're getting paid like 50 bucks a show. So the only way to have a career as a comic is to get on TV. You have to be on TV. Yeah. And the only way to get on TV is to be sober and sound minded. So when you get a call from your agent to go to something, you're not like so hung over. You right. miss the call and don't it's show up for our job. Like, yeah, totally. Really, yeah. All my friends, cause I'm a door guy at the comedy magic club and all my friends are like, so how much do these guys make like 200, 300 bucks, like a set. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Hilarious. it's hilarious. Yeah, they would all retire if they made that much 200 money. bucks a set. <laughs> In LA, you're so lucky if you get paid at all. Mm-hmm. You got Dane Cook going up at the Hollywood Improv for free. I mean, for five dollars or right. whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like there was a guy who was so funny. My first stand-up class at the Sandy Shore class. He was there the, only the first day. Nice guy, and he was like, "Yeah, I work at like a pharmaceutical company, and I'm just doing this because I feel like I could get a second job doing stand-up, and I'll make like a load of money, and I just want to be really rich and like what? get like a Mercedes in the parking lot." And I was like. And, and you're up. like, you are funny, dude. <laughs> That's fucking up, hilarious. And then never came again. Yeah. <laughs> Shut no, up. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. This is not the job to have. You want to get rich at all. <laughs> nah. Do people lose money doing comedy? Are you fucking kidding me? People want stage time so bad in this town. They're like, what? I can do five minutes and where? $5. Three hours away? Right. Okay. I'm going to spend $75 on gas <laughs> to get there. I'm going to do five minutes for four people that are going to be drunk and not listening. And, uh, and then I'm going to drive back and then I'm going to be miserable and get drunk at the comedy store where I'm going to blow another $35 on cocktails. Like nobody is making money, but we all love each other. That's so cool that you started doing that hosting stuff for like NASCAR and you said Miller Lite. Oh yeah. I used to do all that NASCAR and sports illustrated. And I used to work with Nissan was it like events, like kind of like, yeah, it was like, uh, I started out, I was like a promo girl in college. And then, um, and then there was just a lot of these like mobile tours, like sports illustrated had like a thing called the Heisman tour. And it was basically like going to different college football games and they would have different Heisman athletes and you would interview them and then play games with the crowd and stuff. So that was, uh, 
that was like awesome for me because it was kind of merging getting to like perform and be on stage totally. but then yeah. also it paid well so it was good that's the best in my opinion if you can make like just regular people laugh like who are not there to see comedy at all and then you just go into comedy yeah that's kind true of man transition. there's certain people that if you can make them laugh like black people <laughs> i'm just kidding kind of i'm kind of kidding <laughs> but that's real there's certain rooms like there's this room in in la called the um j spot have you heard of it yeah okay so the j spot is this club it's a super urban club in crenshaw it's on that second story right it's on a second story yeah i forget oh who's the dude that owns it oh i know his name too it's on i can't remember it's like a famous older black comedian but anyway ad i can't no. i can't remember well, when I first started doing comedy, um, well, not when I first started, but when I first came back after the tour, uh, after the emceeing and stuff, I, I came back and I met this guy. He's like, you should come down and do, uh, do my show at the J-Spot. And I was like, all right. So I come down there. It's a little like bubbly blonde. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to get up here. And I get there. I'm not only like the only white person on the show. I'm the only white person there. Like the <laughs> only white person, right? And I go up on stage and I did okay. Yeah. Not terrible, but not great. But the thing is I did okay, but I knew that that same set that I did at like the comedy store, or the improv would have done much would, better. Yeah. But those people don't give you courtesy laughs at the J spot. They're only laughing if like you're really, they think you're really funny. And the club manager came up to me after and he was like, that was really good. And I was like, that was really not good. He's like, I'm, I'm going to pay you to come work here on the weekends. Wow. And so it was amazing because it was the first club in town that paid me to do comedy. Yeah. And I would go in there and some nights I'd do great. And some nights I would bomb so bad. I'd be embarrassed to take his money. <laughs> I mean, it was awful. It was so awful. But I was just like, you know, I mean, they're paying me, so I will show up. Um, but that was good because I... I made friends with a lot of comics that were like, that at least gave me respect for like having the balls to get up in the J spot. Cause that's a hard room. No, absolutely. I feel like comics would play hard rooms to get so much better, so much faster too. Like, did you feel like it improved like your well, material? Or it your... made me figure out, it helped definitely certainly helped me figure out like what jokes kind of work with different audiences and stuff. So I kind of knew like, if I go now to like the Ontario improv uh, and you know, the crowd is like a more urban crowd. I know like I have certain material that works better there yeah. and just, yeah. That's something I was always fascinated with. Cause I talked to a lot of comics about it and like, you'll hear guys who just play like one room or something like that. And they never take it to other clubs, but mm -hmm. every club is so different. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Do, do you, when you go, do you go on tour and stuff and I do, do you find like your I, I material? Do has to shift a little bit at different places or oh yeah for sure like i just played the reno laugh factory how is that was that cool or? sure yeah it was great um the crowds there though are much older oh okay so then you're doing different so like when it's an older crowd i'll do a lot more material about um being married really young so i was married for 10 years do more jokes about being married you know because that's what they can relate to whereas like if i'm here in la i'm at like the laugh factory it's like a younger like more hip crowd yeah. then i can do like jokes about tinder or like you know what i mean like totally. stuff that's a little more um uh young that's hilarious that you bring that up i did like an old coffee shop in torrance and it was all like 65 and up and I had a Tinder joke and I just bring it up. I was like, anybody on Tinder? Never mind. I just bailed like right away. It's well, like, yeah, they just don't know. But sometimes you just can't win either. Right. You're like, anybody play fantasy football? No. Yeah. Anyone heard of car insurance? <laughs> no. Like some crowds just don't want to fucking be, they just don't want to tell, they don't want to interact with you at all. Right. 
So what can you do? What's like one Plow of your through. most like favorite shows or memorable shows that you've ever done? Uh, well, I just recently started getting to headline, you know, like, so I headlined stand up Scottsdale for the weekend, which was super, super fun. Um, that was probably, I mean, that wasn't like my, I don't know. There's been so many good, so many good ones. I mean, like I feel lucky every time I get on stage at the laugh factory still, you know, um, I got to follow Ron white one night at the Hollywood improv, which was amazing because I love him. So I still, Look, I get chills talking about it. Yeah. I still feel so lucky when I get paid to do comedy. And I don't know when that will go away. It might never go away. I mean, I just still feel like I can't believe I get paid to make people laugh. That is amazing. It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter if the show sucks or if I have a, like, I just feel lucky every time. Anytime I get on stage at a club like the Comedy Store, or the Laugh Factory or the Improv, especially, you know, like getting passed at the Hollywood Laugh Factor is like a really big deal to me. So that kind of stuff is like just like it makes you feel like the work you're doing is starting to pay off, yep. you know? And that's a good feeling. I'm really excited to host the AVN Awards. Like that's that gonna super be, exciting. That's yeah. going to be so fun. Um, I mean, that's going to be in a big venue. And I just feel lucky, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. If Ron Jeremy's there, you got to talk to him because I heard his goal in life before he wanted to do. Adult film was supposed to be a stand-up comedian. I've met Ron. Yeah? Uh-huh. Does he yeah. hang out at the store? He got, yeah, I met him at the comedy store. Oh, cool. Yeah. Has he ever done stand-up? Did you ever see him do it? Uh, I've never seen him do stand-up. Oh, no. okay. I'll ask him. That's I'll make only, sure I ask that's him. That's the only stand-up trivia slash porn that I know. So. That's really funny. I mean, um, uh, Ron Jeremy at the comedy store, he like hit on me. <laughs> yeah, he hit on me. And I actually turned to him and I go, are you hitting on me? And he was like, well, you are beautiful. And I was like, haven't you had enough? Damn it, Ryan. I was like, haven't you, you've had your dick inside more people than I know. <laughs> like, don't you think you're good? Like, aren't you good yet? And he was like, you never get enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ron, he's great though. I mean, like now I know a lot of people in the adult entertainment industry from hosting my show on, on Playboy. So... It's cool. They're really nice, open-minded people. I don't judge anybody. My whole theory in life, and I've said this on a million podcasts, I'm sorry if you've heard it before, but is like, if you're not hurting anyone, do what makes you happy. Whatever that is. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's dressing up as a horse. I don't care if it's fucking Ron Jeremy or getting paid to have sex or working in a library. There are probably some crossovers in porn and stand-up comedy. Like, it's probably a similar related feel. Yo, they're so similar. They're so similar. It's like, we're all damaged. We all had bad childhoods. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. What's actually funny is my co-host for the AVN Awards, one of them, there's two. It's me and... Annika Albright and Joanna Angel. And this girl, Annika Albright, um, her mom came to the show last year. <laughs> like, that's the weirdest shit I've ever heard in my life. Supportive. Like, your parents are like, <laughs> sweetie, we're so proud of how you took it in the ass. That's, <laughs> we're really proud of you. Um, You're going to put this trophy right on the mantle. <laughs> I should do that as a joke, though. That's funny. That's yeah. pretty funny. And you seem like you're a really hard worker and like you're so funny and. Oh, like, thanks. What what would be like a day, like just your work ethic, like a day in the life? Oh, you know, get up, um, do nothing, <laughs> masturbate, do more nothing, <laughs> nap, coffee. Sh- no, I'm just kidding. 
No, um, I try to be really productive. So like when do you write every day? And I do. When my show is, if a show is shooting or if I'm working on a project, because I also produce videos for All Deaf Digital and like I do a couple other things. So then it's it's a little. I'm better when I'm working on something. Yeah. Because then I have like a routine. That's something that I think a lot of comics struggle with. It's like if you're only doing stand up at night and you got kind of your whole days open and you're like, fuck, what do I do with all this time? It can be easy to get a little lazy. But um, for me, I get up every day, I work out, either it's tennis or I go play volleyball or I go to the gym or whatever. Um, and then I usually will write or I'll try to get with a friend and make like some funny videos or I have a lot of meetings, I mean, meetings, this is very boring. I'm pitching a couple shows right now, so okay, maybe cool. I have pitch meetings or whatever. And then... Um, it depends what I'm working on. Like when it was the prank videos, then, you know, I'm like, I've seen some of your stuff on Instagram. It's super funny. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Then it's that, or maybe I'll go Periscope or, I mean, I just try to always keep myself working on something. It's not like every day from 10 to two, I do this and three, it's not like that, but I just try every day to make something or be working toward making something totally. and, and that's it. And then I do spots. I do spots six nights a week, pretty much wow. stand up. Yeah. yeah. Like this week I got, I got six, six shows, I think. You said when you hit it really hard that first year, you were doing like two, three spots a night. Did uh -huh. that continue like for the next five years kind of? It or? could probably, oh. but I'm kind of chilling out a little tiny bit. Um, but I still get really bad anxiety if I don't get on stage for like two nights in a row. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, if I don't get on stage for a few days, last week I didn't get on stage as much. And I like, I, cause I was out of town. I was on the road and I did shows for like 13 nights straight. And then I came back to LA. I was like, it's fine. I'll take a few days. I don't have shows. I'll chill out. And by the end of like three nights of no shows, I was like losing my mind. It's <laughs> like, if I don't get on stage soon, everyone's going to forget who I am. And I'm going to forget <laughs> how to tell jokes and I'm not going to be funny anymore. And like, I go crazy. So, um, I don't get on stage three times a night anymore, but I do get on stage at least once or twice a night. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank of course. No, that's, I feel like all I did was preach to people. Was this, <laughs> this even entertaining? All right. Yes, cool. Totally. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much.